0: Hello, I'm your host, Ben Downing, and welcome to the Meaningful Media Podcast. Thanks for joining us. We hope this episode provides plenty of food for thought as we continue to navigate the fast-evolving world of media and explore the media that matters. Now, on with the show. So for our final episode of the season, the Meaningful Media Podcast is bringing together a panel of visionary CEOs to share perspective on the challenges and opportunities facing brands, marketeers, and agencies in the year ahead. We're going to be talking about brand resiliency, clients and agency side transformation, the future of meaningful brands, and more. I'm delighted to be joined today by Tom Denford, CEO of ID.coms Group, Donna Murphy, Global CEO of Havas Creative and Havas Health and & You, and Peter Mears, Global CEO of Havas Media Group and Chairman of Havas Group's North American Village. Thank you so much, everyone, for coming on. It's going to be a very exciting episode. So we'd like to come to you all first uh, and ask you to just tell us a little bit about yourself. Give us a quick whistle-stop tour through your journey in advertising. Peter, do you mind if I come to you first?
1: I don't mind at all, no. Uh, So, hi Ben, thank you for having me. Um, My journey is probably pretty traditional compared to some of the other uh, speakers here today. I started my career as a media guy and I'm still a media guy, so I consider myself consistent in the way i've made my way through my career Uh, i've I've worked through uh, three of the different holding companies globally and i've worked in canada the uk and the us Mm -hmm. and i've done that tour twice but i consider myself now to be about as american as you can be with an accent like this certainly i have american children fantastic donna can we come to you next
2: absolutely so um I do not have a traditional way of arriving here at all. My uh, background started out in finance and public accounting and then at Goldman Sachs and investment banking. I joined Tavas in 87, 35 years ago, hard to believe, in M&A and did most of the acquisitions in North America, uh, around the globe. And then uh, I joined a little health agency that we acquired uh, that had 80 folks and um, grew it. And now we have 6,500 people worldwide only doing health and wellness within Havas. So it's been a great journey. And um, I guess uh, three months ago, I was catapulted into the CEO role of creative also, which is so, 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 so exciting. So uh, stay tuned for the next chapter on that.
0: I think we're all super excited. And thank you for sharing that. Um, And Tom, we're going to come to you uh, finally, Tom.
3: Sure. Uh, well, I'm a co-founder and CEO of a company called ID.coms, which is a an independent consulting business which operates kind of in your worlds around media and advertising. Um, and we call ourselves a growth consultancy because we really try to help. We work with the brand on the brand side and we try to make sure that all of their money is being optimised against some kind of business outcome. And media and advertising are obviously two big drivers of potential growth for those businesses. So uh, that's what we do. We've been doing that just over... Well, over a decade now. Um, but I started, much like Peter, uh, in a media agency as a, a lowly TV spot buyer uh, in the UK, having left law school and not been what to do. And a friend of mine worked at a TV station and said, it's kind of fun. The advertising business is kind of fun. So I, I tried to get an advertising job. I didn't get an advertising job. I got a media spot buying job, but uh, been in media ever since and we love it interesting it's
2: amazing. you never know how where, where you're going to land or how you're going to get there no. particularly in our business
0: yeah absolutely fascinating thank you donna and, and, and tom for sharing you know how you started very very you know non-advertising backgrounds and then coming into this is 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 fascinating um so it's 2022 and i think it's fair to say it's been a tumultuous year uh, how are we feeling about 2023 and why guide us What's the big picture is the one word that you can use to describe how you're feeling about the next year. Donna, do you mind if we come to you first?
2: Sure. I'm excited. I think excited sums it up. I think there is a lot of um, things happening around the world, but I also believe it brings an opportunity for all of us Mm. to pull it together and really step out in front and make a difference um i'm also extremely excited because we're going to have to move quickly for our clients and i think the position we're in within havas with the agility and the entrepreneurship and the flatness we have we're going to be able to move quicker than most
0: thank you speed is is key tom can we come to you next
3: yeah um i'm ex- i'm excited for us as a business personally because we're continuing to grow as a consulting business um, we launched in the U. I'm normally based in New York, although I'm, as, as you know, I'm obviously sat in London with you right now, Ben. Uh, and our US business has expanded a lot over the last few years, and we see that continuing. And the US, you know, as you guys will know, is a, just a really good market to be in right now. There's a, a bit more confidence uh, in the US market than there is in other places in the world. Uh, so I might be slightly skewed by my kind of US-centric v- view of that, despite my best. London accent, um, I'm really kind of probably more familiar with the US market. But uh, what we've seen is uh, over the last couple of years, increased pressure on margin for lots of our customers is because they've had supply chain challenges, they're under pressure to put up their prices, some of them in the US have done so maybe a bit too aggressively and being accused of price gouging and kind of corporate greed, but prices have gone up, obviously driving inflation, blah, 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 and it becomes very cyclical, Then the cost of manufacturing goes up, et cetera, et cetera. So the margins that consumer brands are, are battling with inevitably leads, you know, pressure on margin leads to pressure on marketing, and so you know, marketers are actually thinking, uh, struggling to, to identify, you know, what budget should be, how to best invest how to really stand up the scrutiny on, on marketing investments. And uh, so that's most of the questions that we're getting going into 2023, is how do, we, uh, you know, how do we justify the investment? How do we measure the investment? What should we be optimising against? Our view as a consultancy business is that there's always opportunity to find you know, a way to do something better. Right, the, mm. we very much believe there's no best. There's only only better. I don't know who said that. It was that Yoda or somebody said that. No best, only better. So we can always look at how how you know what resources a marketer is putting against media and advertising, how those can work better, what relationships and great partnerships they have with their agencies, can those be improved? Can those be optimised? And that scrutiny is leading to more desire for optimization. So I think I think the the word for me is better. Better. Right. We think and. Our positioning as a business is that we think brands deserve better media so you can always just do a little bit better so and that's why I'm, I'm excited about next year there's great scrutiny on media investment there's opportunities to do it better we're excited about helping brands do that better
1: thanks Tom and Peter yeah I mean I, I would I would agree with with Donna and Tom I'm, I'm excited about next year but I, I also feel confident and confident in in us as an organization in the way that we've prepared ourselves over the last couple of years. If you, I mean, if we can even begin to think back to 2019, so much has changed in the world, in the business, in the economy, globally, locally, in in every single market around the world. So much has changed that while that transformation has been happening, we've been really focused on developing our products and not just developing our products and manage the the day-to-day reality that we're all trying to get through but also thinking through to to 2025 and beyond and uh, you know i think what we've learned over the last three years is that is that change is a constant whether it's a pandemic that i mean if you think back to it's the 7th of december today on the 7th of december 2019 Mm. maybe so maybe we'd have had a mini conversation about covid but we it wasn't really on our on our agenda or top of mind for us six weeks later than that yep the world had changed, so you know the fact that we've been through that experience with, with the the war in uh, in Russia and in Ukraine, uh, and the economic instability that we're all experiencing. You know, we we've become very used to to change, and we've we've I think we as a business have done a good job in preparing ourselves for that transformation and thinking how can we serve clients, how can we deliver to clients what they need tomorrow and beyond, which is very different than what they needed a couple of years ago. And and you know, I think what, what, the reason that I feel confident, I'm, not na- I'm, I'm a little bit naive, which I think is helpful in leadership to be a little bit naive, but I'm not overly naive. I just think you can control what you can control. And I'm really confident in what we've been able to put in place for the next couple of years, knowing that change is, is a constant and that we will need to transform. Thanks, Peter.
0: Tom, picking up on some of that, you're advising CMOs and brands as they set their marketing transformation agendas. How are clients thinking about 2023? What are they starting to prioritize? Where are they investing given the complex world we live in today?
3: Yeah, but I, 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 I can't think of, of, of an end of year uh, where there's been more kind of hand-wringing and soul-searching, I think, from up uh, to marketers. I don't think there's anybody falling into that trap of thinking, oh, you know, same as next year, plus 5%, or, you know, what we did last time worked, let's carry on. Because what's confronting us at this point is quite unprecedented, overused term, I'm sure. But we're coming out the back of all of this drama and upheaval that Peter and Donna have been talking about and going into, right now, you know, pretty unstable, unpredictable political, economic environment and even culturally, uh, mm. so from just knowing how your how you want your brand to show up in a world that you can't predict what it's going to be like in six, nine, twelve months' time, it's quite difficult. And so, this time of year, when you're doing forward planning, uh, you're having to make some kind of big, big bets and big assumptions. As I said, I think we feel more confidence in that in the U, amongst the US marketers. I agree. Uh, I agree. Yeah, and you know, Europe's still very very much kind of agonizing and tending to be very conservative and that's having an impact on the media market. US still seems pretty, pretty buoyant. Um, but to to come to your question eventually, sorry, is that, is, uh, you know, what, what what is the question CMO is asking Actually, goes back to what I was saying (laughs) earlier is that, you know, there's more pressure and more scrutiny now. Mm. So, what we, do, you know, what we do as the marketer has to be able to stand up in the boardroom and show how this is a plan for growth in these uncertain times. So there's a filter now on this stuff, which wasn't maybe wasn't there before, because the boardroom might leave the marketer or trust the marketers to deliver growth in a predictable environment. Now it's really volatile. So there's more sweat from the marketer. This, has got to, this plan has got to work, right? And I think more brands are more comfortable thinking that they, can, they should continue to invest uh, when the economy is challenging. I think you know, that philosophy is more common now. So we're not seeing massive slashing of budgets. It's mm-hmm. more, okay, fine, well, we, maybe we spend a bit less. What should we do? Let's do fewer and better. Let's do things that we can really measure. Let's really get our analytics lined up with our... Business KPIs, so we can really demonstrate how this stuff works. You know, let's really in- interrogate our previous spending or our resources. Like, what are we what are we paying for that we're not getting the value of? Where are we wasting money? Where could we be reinvesting or drawing money from media to put it into creativity or whatever you want to do to build your mm. brand with service of brand? So, those are great. You know, we love we love these questions as all of all of us do. In some ways, we love it when the marketer has. You know a new question right a new question to ask us is exciting
1: yeah i agree with you i mean we were six eight months ago i think we were all expecting to see dramatic cuts in every market around the world and it sure there's been there is some softness and it feels a little unclear in, in sitting here in december but, but it's we not
2: really haven't seen it's it. not
1: it's not been to the scale that no. we were fearing and and you're absolutely right what what it's what brands and and marketers have, have been challenged to do rather than just cut the budget as they would have done in the past they've been challenged to think about well how can we be more strategic uh, and uh, and definitive in the way that we're we're in making those investments and and i i think that's a massive opportunity for us i think that you know that allows us to have the conversations that we've all been desperate to have for the last x number of years we you know we want to be having those strategic business focused conversations with our clients and and, you know depending on the market depending on the client we've been more successful in some cases than others but I think generally as we look at our client portfolio we're having much more many more business focused conversations today than we were a couple of years ago about how we can really push the needle on on business metrics not just communication metrics or advertising metrics And, and I think that that's for the best you know that that was the table the seat at the table that we want to be at
2: i totally agree tom i think you hit the nail on the head when we're sitting with clients now they're keenly focused on what they're doing how they're doing and the common theme is fewer better yeah. with very tight roi across the board which maybe it would be much more open prior to this. We really see people focused on where the resource is going and what the return is, because they do have to stand up with that in the boardroom. And I think you hit the nail on the head. We're hearing it daily.
0: So Peter, let's turn to media specifically and the media landscape right now. What are gonna be the major trends that will impact the media ecosystem next year? What are you seeing and what are you thinking?
1: Yeah, I mean, again, it, it, without sounding like a, a broken record, I think, yeah. whereas his, yeah, historically we could have looked at what happened in the years previous to determine what's going to happen in the years which are coming in the future, that that is probably not going to serve us well in this moment because yeah. there is so much change. Uh, you know, if you look globally, one of the trends that we're seeing I think in most markets is consolidation yeah. consolidation of providers which is a reaction to a competitive market and and I think I do think that will continue. I think you know we've seen some big some big mega mergers happen here in the US we're going to see more consolidation in the UK and possibly in France and in big European markets. I think that trend does continue as we as we see the continued fragmentation uh, and and it becomes harder and harder to survive as a as a as a niche player um, so i think that's a trend that will continue for sure i think from a from a, from a communications mix perspective the big change that we've started to experience and that we're really leaning into uh, is the, is the area of commerce you know that how how important commerce is from a media perspective versus 12 18 24 months ago it, it's, it's kind of transformed the conversations that we've, we're having with our clients, which is to the point that we were just discussing around, you know, how do you prove really tight ROI? Obviously, a way you can do that is by linking everything you you do through to commerce, yep. and that's that's a that, I think that's a focus for for the marketplace. It's the fo- it's a focus for the the media media partners who are, that we that we interact with on a daily basis, and it's also a focus for us as we as we develop our capabilities uh, and try and transform the conversations that we're having with clients.
0: Thanks, Peter.
1: Donna, you bring a unique and brilliant
0: perspective from both the creative and health lenses. Can you give us a sense of the state of play for creative and health? What do you see as the major trends and growth drivers for the year ahead?
2: So interestingly enough in creative, as as we all see, our clients are really craving for understanding of their customers the patients but more importantly culture they need to understand culture and diversity better so we're very very focused on that and bringing tools to that but innovation data technology will continue to be the growth but don't forget we're in the business of creativity so brilliant breakthrough ideas driving all these will continue to go Health has been extremely interesting given also the um, focus that it's been on it with COVID and what folks have gone. It has really put a spotlight on health and the direction it's moving in. And I see a continued uh, trend on digital therapeutics. Digital therapeutics, which could be partnered alongside of our RX type of things, will continue to drive the market and bring patient um, tremendous value. So keep your eyes on that going forward.
0: Digital therapeutics, keep our eyes open for it. So our words for 2023 were excited, better, and confident. Through that lens, we're seeing so much changing. A cookie future, the rise of retail media, Peter talked about that. Social yep. commerce, I'm kind of fascinated by social commerce at the moment. Uh, explosive exponential growth there, the metaverse kind of finally meeting reality, generative AI, which now seems to be um, uh, Silicon Valley VC's um, uh, kind of favourite thing at the moment and is possibly transformative. But our industry, through everything we've said and everything we've talked about, as well as that quick review, just feels more dynamic than ever. Excited, exciting. So in your opinion, what one issue trend, this is a tricky one, right, to ask for one, is going to be the biggest disruptor? in 2023. Peter, I'm going to come to you first.
1: Uh, I think, I I mean, everything you've said (laughs) are are all super relevant and super important for us, but I think uh, I'll go, I'll double down on commerce. I, I think if we can, if we can figure out how to connect massive, massive chunks of the population into making investment decisions in real time through communications, I think that is, a. I mean, that's the the golden moment that we're all looking for. So I think continued evolution, development of commerce.
0: Yeah, exciting. And, and it's going to be an extraordinary media experience. We're already seeing that. Donna, can I turn to you now? What's, yep. the, what's the, the one issue trend that you think is going to be the, the biggest disruptor in 2023?
2: So I think one of the most important things on the creative side is ideas that are going to transcend human connections. Wow. It's all about human connectivity and how we continue to pull that through with big, brilliant ideas. I think that's going to be a huge disruptor.
0: Tom, coming to you. Yeah.
3: It's not, not too far away from what Donna's saying. I think, uh, I think my disruptor is a completely non-disruptive idea and that is quality. I'm really excited that quality might actually mean something next year. don't want to be too cynical about our industry, but I can just know for the last 10 years, we've kind of, quality has been a secondary factor, right, of either volume or price, whatever it is, right, that's taken the front seat. Quality now needs, to, I think marketers want quality. They want to do fewer things better. I think their eye on media is, we've got to stop wasting all this money, right? We've got to stop the risk, the risk of fraud, the risk of you know, brand mm. safety, risk of- Greenwashing. Greenwashing, being you know, out in the open web, you know, which is good sometimes, but just the risk of that, right? We want quality, quality mm. relationships with quality media owners and quality publishers creating quality m- media moments. I get back to the idea that co- you know, context of message and placement is really important. I just think the marketer's just got to have an eye for quality right now um, and want to work with quality people, you know, with quality agencies, quality partners who really care about their brands, care how those brands communicate, care how those brands show up in the world, yep. um, and be much more discerning. So that, you know, I'm excited. It's not a technological, in, you know, impact or innovation. Mm. I think getting back to just getting a good good marketing eye on things would be really helpful uh, and, and it's just good business because those things are going to work harder. We know
1: they will.
2: I totally agree, Tom. Totally.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, you know, the, the, the from a selfish self-promotion perspective, you know, we've been we've been championing that for uh, for the last few years of, around you yeah. know meaningful what through what, yeah. meaningful media. You know, being able to focus not just on on connection but also on context and content is super important for clients and and i i agree i agree with you tom i think that i think the market is is turning and coming towards us a little bit now that, that you know that that focus on quality you know safe highly protective in context and environments is going to be super important because that you know we've as an industry clients have just wasted too much money the and,
2: consumers could see through yeah, it also yeah, if it's not course, authentic and course. connective. They're they're smart. They're educated as they should be.
1: So you know another reason to be to be excited and to be confident. I I I, I think you're bang on.
0: So if I can pick up on that, we talked about what we do at Havas, Peter. We're committed to building more meaningful brands, and we do that through meaningful media. Can I ask you and Donna to unpack a little? What do the meaningful brands of the future look like, and how do how do issues of kind of brand resiliency going into this this complicated time feed into that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that um, we are scratching the surface now on really understand. And, and before I start, I'll, I'll preface everything I'm about to say that that the risk is that we drift into cliche with a lot mm. of this with this discussion. So I'll, I'll, I'll keep me honest on that. But I I, I think that we are. I think for the last few years we've been talking a lot about purpose, yep. about brand purpose, and I'm not sure that we've really understood or helped, you know, clients and consumers understand why purpose is important, why brand purpose is important, and I don't think we've done a good enough job in in making purpose sit at the core of everything that a brand does i think it's it's been sort of superficial and and hanging around the edges as oh yeah we need to think about that i, I think in the future in the very near future the way that a consumer experiences a brand in every sense of that experience is going to be is going to be under massive scrutiny and i think that the expectations from consumers of of the brand behaviours that a brand exists and the experience that it delivers are is is going to be way 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 more important than it has been in the past. And I think that we, I think that we have an opportunity to help clients with that, to help brands with with developing, you know, meaningful experiences, um, not only in media but also through through advertising, through every, every element of the of the, of the communications mix or the marketing mix. Uh, and and i think that that's a massive opportunity for us
2: i agree i think peter really summed it up totally with how i would respond i think uh purpose for the sake of purpose is dead i think it's an overused word that's thrown around and a lot of brands don't have anything behind it i think as i said earlier it's about authenticity you got to be real you got to be human but more important you have to be consistent you have to consistently and live it and walk it every day and uh, that's what's going to pull it through. Mm. And uh, I think Peter, stitch it together right across for us.
0: We close off each episode of the Meaningful Media podcast with our Meaningful Media Fast Five. It's quickfire responses about the media that matters to us today. Um, and um, Peter, we're going we're gonna to turn to you first. Um, okay so what's your meaningful media right now
1: i mean we're in the middle of a world cup which i think even against all expectations has been a fantastic celebration of of the greatest sport in the world football soccer which depending on where you live and as 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 a father of two young boys for sure, we are living and breathing the World Cup right now. It's twenty four seven, so that's pretty meaningful for me in this moment. <laughs>
0: Wonderful. So, what's the media that you're starting your day with? Is it World
1: Cup related? It, it's well, I, I tend to start every day with the with the BBC app, yeah. which the everything I need from a news, entertainment, culture, and sport perspective. So, yeah, it, you know, it does it does deliver some excellent World Cup content, Ben.
0: What are you turning to in media terms when you're looking to get inspired?
1: I get my inspiration from non-traditional places. So I'm inspired by design. So I I tend to go to uh, home renovation, design. That's where I go for my inspiration. That's what helps me free my mind. So, you know, home decoration, websites, magazines, etc. Interesting. So, Ooh.
0: what's your media guilty pleasure?
1: Many, there are many. Current, current guilty pleasure is um, White Lotus Ooh. season two on HBO, which is fantastic. If you're not engaging, you should. Um, but aside from that, my, you know, on the, it's sort of the flip side of my inspirational. I, I love, I love, I do love home Reno shows on HGTV. <laughs> yeah. Which are not necessarily inspirational, but uh, nevertheless entertaining, and I do enjoy a little bit of Bravo and the uh, I love those Housewives of Beverly Hills. Who Can't you you heard it here
0: first? Who who doesn't love a bit of Bravo? Yeah. So uh, you you only have one media platform for the rest of your life. That's it, just one.
1: I mean, this is a this is tricky because. Uh, because I don't just want one, but if I have to pick one, I'm going to go with Instagram. Which Ooh. I, you know, even as I'm, uh, yeah, I know, but it, you can get you can get a little bit of everything through Instagram. So it's it's a bit of a cheat answer because Ooh. I can I can get everything I need through Instagram on a daily basis. Um, that's terrifying. So that, be... that is terrifying, <laughs> Peter. Is, uh, that's, that's why I'm I, I hesitate. Because you know the He's phone, the, the phone's going to be ringing off the hook.
2: Keep them honest.
1: My, yeah. Our friends are going to be badgering me now. Um, so yeah, a little go. bit, a little bit of Instagram. Thank you for
0: Thank that. You. That was wonderful. Yeah, so, you're welcome,
1: Donna. Can we turn to you
0: next? Sure. What's your meaningful media right now?
2: So when I um, pick up my phone, I go to Apple News app. Because I could scan and go across and get a taste of everything quickly on what's happening in a moment's notice.
0: So what's the media that you start your day with?
2: When I get up in the morning, I get a big cup of coffee and when I'm in the US, I turn on Good Morning America. <laughs> Seven am, off I go.
1: I, I love, I love I
2: get it. Some news, I get some culture. Right across. you
1: sit there until nine and watch the whole
2: show? Yeah, I I sit there to ten a.m. before I go to the office. Actually, (laughs) do the third hour as well. I
0: know, Uh, I know. (laughs) That's wonderful. Um, So, what media do you turn to when you're looking to get inspired?
2: So, actually, not traditional. Our fellows, who is our first year graduates, we hire hundreds of them, put together a blog every week. Trends, culture trends, digital trends. I, I every week i'm on it it really they really are seeing things and you learn so much every day from them it really uh pushes me in a different direction
0: that's amazing where where can folks find that and we can put it in the show notes as well i'll get it for you perfect
2: i'll get your blog address
0: so what's your media guilty pleasure
2: So I have two. So growing up in New York, it has to be the New York Post, page six, right? (laughs) Have to go to it. There's always some interesting information around the city. The second, my husband still... Have you ever been
1: been on page six?
2: No, I should be, though. We should get in, right? Page six. My second guilty pleasure, which shocks my husband, 90 Day Fiance. It's amazing. And a bunch of us watch it and text each other while it's going on on the updated episodes. It really takes you out of the moment.
0: Okay, I love it. Um, 90 Day Fiancé and New York Post, page six. Um, So you can have one media platform for the rest of your life. Which one is it? It can't
1: be Instagram. It's
2: not Instagram. It's the New York Times hard copy.
0: Oh, interesting.
2: (laughs) New York Times hard copy and turn the pages. I grew up on Metro North commuting with the New York Times having to read it. in a a crowded uh train on the way to the city
0: that's wonderful so it's it's that experience which is kind of uninterrupted and you're there with the in the moment in the moment in the moment that was wonderful thank you donna okay tom you're going to finish off this episode for us um so let's do your meaningful media fast five what's your meaningful media right now
3: right well uh I'm talking about types of media, actually. I am a big, big, big fan of what we broadly call out of home. I've always loved outdoor media.
1: Mm.
3: And uh, because it's just so diverse. I That's what I, I think is so exciting. It's hugely creative. You have to be very, very good at doing it really, really well. You know, you can't just take a print ad and put it on a big poster. You've got to really kind of capture the moment it is a place it's a location i mean you can just do so much with it and it spans all the way from the you know the biggest building wrap down to i used to say like a you know a matchbook but we don't really do those anymore <laughs> you know like we used to print matchbooks and you know distribute them in bars you can't do that anymore or postcards or stickers or something you know it can be it can be very very small and personal you can be on the subway and tube panels you know you have more dwell time at a tube panel than you do rushing up a highway looking at a giant so that's
0: really interesting because we were talking a little bit before we started and you told me about a bad out of home execution this isn't the first time we've had out of home and a good ex good out of home execution i'm gonna put you on the spot you don't have to mention the client what was the bad one and what's a good one uh well i can tell you the bad one
3: because i just had the experience just now uh which was walking through a subway tunnel like connecting two stations before I came into your building.
1: Uh, and the infamous tunnel. Oh. The, like yeah.
3: that that tunnel. Right. And one yeah. brand has I think it has twenty four panels in it. And I don't know what size you'd have to correct me. Is it an eight sheet? Yeah. I think it's an eight sheet it Twenty confidently. Yeah. Twenty four yeah. of them. With exactly the same
0: creative same creative every single time. Yeah.
3: And it's for the Apple iPhone. I will just say that because I just think whoever's planned that, you need to know. Somebody made the, somebody made the media buy, which is perfectly sensible. Somebody's made that as a, that is a meaningful media buy, you might say here at Havertz, right? That is, yeah. somebody's done that very intentionally. Yeah, great. We're going to take all 24 panels. Yeah. Cool. We'll do something really cool with it. And then the creative agency has gone, here's your creative. And somebody's printed it out 24 times and stuck it on the wall. And I it, want to go on the record. It wasn't us. And it's not a complicated creative. It doesn't require high good. frequency. Yeah. You know, you could have bought four of those or six of those just to get the coverage that you probably might want from that tunnel. What a um, waste. So yeah. it's a lot of money gone there and just the op- missed opportunity to do something. And that's a great, That cre- I love that. It's a great, it's a great media moment mm. because you're exposed to it for about three or four minutes. Yeah. That's all you can see. There's nothing else to see. Um, so but you know that's the power of what we might call out of home. And now obviously since I grew up in media, now half of the inventory is digitized so therefore even more dynamic so you can be far more flexible about the kind of things you can do. So that to me is, will always be a meaningful media. I, I used to love planning outdoor yeah and I love seeing great outdoor campaigns
0: because when it's done smartly, that experience can be really, really good.
3: It's really good because it's the closest thing these days that we get to broadcast. Yeah, well, you know? interesting.
0: What's the media, the platform, what's the media that you start your day with?
3: Uh, is a very, uh, This is a little secret for you. Where I live in upstate New York, um, I thought I was, when I left London, I thought I'm just going to miss music. Right, I'm going to have to yeah. deal with like American country radio stations as much as I love country. But I found a, a brilliant radio station in Vermont called EQX. Letters EQX. EQX. Look them up online. We're going to put it in the show notes. It's the best radio station ever. They, it's, it's indie, but upcoming, breakthrough, just amazing. And Every it's local. It's local. They're based in Manchester, Vermont. Good, good community radio station, but bands, like good bands, make pilgrimages via EQX studios to kind of go, do, play. That is extremely it's cool. It's this lovely, lovely thing. It's like all owned by the, you know, all owned by the presenters and the fans. and Full, it's just a, yeah. it's, a, it's a great little piece of media.
0: Full circle audio discovery for media there, yeah. like in, in local. Yeah, really
3: interesting. Go, go look it up. Okay,
0: we'll check it out and put it in the show notes. So uh, what's the media? What do you turn to when you're looking to get inspired?
3: I think, um, I, as I say, where I live is like out in the, in, in the kind of wilds. And so we walk a lot. Oh. So if I really need to feel like I get inspired, I go, you know, I can go, go out and walk. And so audio to me is really important. And I, uh, so audible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, blinkist if anybody uses blinkist which is this app that condenses business books into like 10 blinkist, minute 10 minute yeah. podcasts this is brilliant uh so I d- yeah and i and i can just half listen to things yeah you know and it says that enough distractions that your subconscious takes over and you solve problems so I, that's what i do go walking and listen to audible
0: what's your media guilty pleasure
3: oh right now
2: yeah twitter Oh, shit. Don't, I,
0: I just feel bad every
3: time I open it up. I'm feeling like I'm not helping here. Yeah, I'm not helping, I, but oh my yeah. god, what's happened now? You know, I can't <laughs> keep
0: away. Yeah. Okay. You can have one media platform for the rest of your life. Yep. Which Twitter? So? It's easy. No, it's YouTube.
1: Ah. I,
0: I think YouTube is the,
3: is just the best piece of media. I just think it's the best media invention, and I think it's the best media business uh, because it's got it's just so multi faceted and and I just think we're just seeing the beginning of YouTube I yeah. think you know just the monetization they're getting savvy about monetization they support their creators loving shorts at the moment like, shorts you know and yeah. they're, cop- they're taking innovation from everywhere and they're, they're issuing this you know innovation quickly um but you could you could I could live on I could live on YouTube I mean yeah. you can be a creator so can you can express yourself you can obviously consume other people's content um communities build up around channels, mm. which is kind of interesting. So it's not just a TV. You can find a community and people all chat to each other and they kind of build relationships and people start new channels and they help each other. You know, there's community in YouTube, which is really, really powerful. It's hugely educational. You want to know how to do something?
0: Mm. You know? get, on, get on YouTube. Go on,
3: everybody, go on YouTube. How do I do anything? You go on YouTube. It's becoming now... The second most popular point of search right? after, yeah, of course, after yeah. traditional Google search.
0: And of course, TikTok for the Gen Zs, which yeah. is
3: um, kind of crazy. And things are being kind of reposted there. So yeah. to me, it covers, it covers all, the, all the emotions, all the spectrums. So I, I think I would use that and I could live with that.
0: That was awesome. Thank you, Tom. Tom, you've got, uh, you have your own show to plug.
3: Yeah, we do a weekly show on YouTube, uh, which is uh, called Media Snack.
0: It's extremely good.
3: Media Snack. So you just, if you just Google Media Snack, you'll find it on YouTube. Um, and
0: on podcasts wherever you get your podcasts thank you so much everyone that was wonderful wonderful content that's a great place to finish unfortunately that's all we've got time for on today's episode a big thanks to my fantastic guest for joining me and thanks to everyone for tuning in we'd love to hear from you and your thoughts on all things meaningful media the media that matters drop us a mail at podcast at haveasmg.com, that's podcast at Please do subscribe, like, and share the Meaningful Media podcast on your preferred platform so you don't miss any of our episodes. And you can follow us on our socials, all addresses in the show notes. Once again, thanks. Join me, Ben Downing, soon for more perspectives on Meaningful Media.